welcome to a new series of the More Tea Vicar podcast. Brilliant. Excellent. Welcome. This is More Tea Vicar from B&A Church in Bristol. I'm Wayne Massey. And I'm James Stevenson. This podcast is about culture, theology and life. So if you're new to it, welcome. What James and I do Every week is we sit down and we take a live issue in culture, um, something that's in the news, something that loads of people are talking about, and then we think about how our culture is thinking about it and what the Bible says, what Christian theology has to say about it, and how as followers of Jesus um, we can think about this issue, we can talk about this issue, and we can understand this issue. Um, and it, for a couple of reasons. One, to enable us to be better witnesses mm. uh, to Jesus in our workplace mm. and in our streets and in our homes and families, but also to enable us to follow Jesus that, that bit of better, you know, challenging the questions that we might yeah. have around our faith. Yeah. Um, over the last couple of years, we've done all sorts of topics. We've um, done cricket. We've done uh, Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. Yes. We've done Liz Truss, Boris Johnson, Rishi Sunak. <laughs> All the, we've done all the, all, all the prime ministers. We did yeah. Colson statue chucked yeah. in the river. Um, James, what would we like to talk about today? Well, we're not going to talk about Russell Brand, who is very much at the top of the news as we're recording this. We want instead to talk about natural disasters because of what happened in Libya and Morocco last week. So if you are unaware, last week there was a, an earthquake in Morocco and that resulted in multiple deaths and destruction suffering and then in Libya um, there were floods that resulted in thousands of people being swept into the sea and killed and um, so we want to think about what it means for us to be able to talk about suffering because suffering um, happens like that um, on a regular basis you know that kind of mass scale but also it, it becomes an issue that people present as a reason for not believing in God um, and, and it's also bound up in their own personal experience of suffering. Um, so it might be that actually they know somebody who has got cancer or they've had cancer themselves or there's been this terrible death that has happened. And so there's an, there's a, um, a, a, it, it's not just a topical issue, it's a personal issue for lots of people and it becomes a barrier for people understanding who God is. Um, Carl Truman um triumph for the modern self says it's again it's one of the like in the medieval ages nobody went to church to say oh why is my life so miserable yeah. um they went to church because their life was miserable yeah. they, they had an understanding yeah. that was life was like and he said in the, in the modern post-christendom west we believe our life should be happy and fulfilled and and everything should be great so this this is yeah. a real big problem yeah, for yeah. our so culture the culture we exist in um has uh, post christendom um written all over it and and post-christians and um, that we might spend time with are people who might have an understanding from singing hymns at school or at funerals or at weddings that all, all things are bright and beautiful that god is good and they have this lovely picture of this kind of um bearded white dude in the sky who wants to make everything well but actually their experience of life is not and so they struggle to reconciled their experience of everyday life with the picture of God that they've been presented and so the classic response to suffering is well how can how would a good God allow 10,000 people to be swept into the sea in Libya they were just going about their everyday lives what what's going on there brilliant so if we start so like we we, we don't have the time to, to kind of do this exhaustively but if you start with it, like a Christian understanding of of God you know God mm. he's good yeah he's loving yeah um he, he's he, he's provident. Tell me, what does provident mean, Wayne? 
he is directing all of history and all of creation towards his good ends. He is, um, so the providence of God is a doctrine that says that God is over all things and mm. is working through all things towards a good end. Yes. Um, and, and that's the bit that everybody goes, oh, hold on a second, because the other thing we could say about God is uh, in his love, he gives us free will. Yeah. So when, back to you saying, like, in, in post-Christendom, so Stephen Fry, when he had that famous interview where he talked about the insect that burrows into child's eyes, he didn't say, you know, if God is so loving, why did he create the Nazis? Fry yeah. understands that in our free will, we get yes. things wrong all the time. Yes. What he didn't, what he, the good question he's asking is, well, if, if God is so loving, why does his creation have these, yeah. like wasps, why do wasps exist? Yeah. You know, And that's the bit that the people, that, that providence of God, that is this understanding that he's, he's directing all, all of history and all of creation towards a good end, how come there are, as you said, there's tsunamis and there's earthquakes? Yeah. Um, and so, James, how come? <laughs> you, you made me explain providence. Well, no, no, let, let's be really clear about the, the, you just alluded to it there, the specific aspects of suffering that we're talking about. Mm. So, yes, there is human evil. And as you said, there is, um, we, if, if you're going to give freedom to people, then the freedom must allow them to exercise that freedom with good and with bad. And therefore, um, once you give freedom to humans, evil is going to be part of the environment in which they exist. Um, so we, we, we know that. Um, now, when we look at suffering, what will often happen is when we, when we get to the issues around... Um, why do certain things happen? What we don't want to be doing as, as Christians is to be almost defending the randomness of um, uh, genuine tragedies. So, for example, um, we before we came on air, the, the, we were talking about the floods in Libya and we were questioning, you know, what, will there be an investigation into the cause of those floods and will it find that there has been human error involved in mass destruction now what we don't want to do when we're engaging with somebody who's presenting the problem of suffering is to explain that away by saying well that's just human error we, we know that there is a, a connection between human error and mass scale suffering but actually we also know that there are um, natural disasters that happen in the world such as volcanic eruptions and tsunamis that um, uh, are not as a result of um, human action agency um, in a kind of a causes b way um, so what we're what we want to do when we're engaging with people around the conversation it, when it comes to suffering is acknowledge that actually there is a brokenness to the creation in which we exist that causes and continues to perpetuate human suffering on a large scale and that that alongside the randomness of why does this person have cancer and not me are the two really pertinent questions that are strong and need to be listened to and need to be um, brought into an understanding of the Christian faith. Yeah, so if you, so good God creates and we get a fallen world. Yeah. And that fallen world is not just humans it's the whole of the created order and it's the spiritual order yes. and the whole thing is interrelated so 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 actually when we think about the fallen order we're thinking about fallen in the spiritual realm fallen in the physical realm 
Um, Paul says all of creation groans waiting its redemption. Yes. And then we all, so, so, so it's all kind of interrelated and we kind of want to silo it all off. And, yeah. and actually the whole thing has fallen. Yeah. Um, talking about this one theologian says the thing that the fall does is it makes us realize that God isn't a dictator and a tyrant because he's allowed this to happen. Yeah. Um, it also reminds us that this is not how things should be. If something has fallen, it means it was somewhere that, yeah. you know, Humpty yeah. Dumpty fell and, and from where he was. And so actually that fall reminds us actually that when we think about the randomness, that we know that this is not how God intended it to be. Yes. And if we were to have a conversation with a Christian from Asia, they would want to point out that actually we exist within a worldview in Western Christianity that has been affected by Greek philosophy where there is a division that comes between the physical and the spiritual instinctively in our minds, whereas an, an Asian worldview wouldn't have that division. So an Asian Christian would want to say, actually, well, the whole thing's bound up in each other. You know, like we're, we are bound up in the whole of creation we can't divide it as this is human agency and this is just the created um existence working its way out actually everything is bound up together so we they they would they read the scriptures and see it more naturally through genesis that actually everything as you said everything is fallen but when we're in this podcast we want to talk about worldviews and we're fighting against a worldview that says that actually that thing that happens over there in creation has nothing to do with us because we are physical and that is physical and there is no connection between the two but what genesis wants to tell us is that actually the whole thing is bound up in human sin and rebellion against god and and there being a, a, a spiritual dimension to rebellion that plays itself out in the things that are unseen and then the question comes back because this is about like people going, so so if God is so loving and He's given us this freedom and we've fallen and then He's and creation has fallen with us, um, what's He done about that? You know, like has He done anything about it, or is He just is that just proof that He is some kind of dictator and tyrant that He would let us fall and He would let all of creation come yeah, yeah, yeah. fall down with Him yeah. so that this these random so, things do happen to yeah. people. Um, and you've been doing your homework overnight. I've been doing a little bit of homework. I've been doing a little bit of homework because you told me. <laughs> I, I, I walked in with a book thinking I'd done my homework overnight. Wayne won't have done his homework overnight. I was just, I was like a, 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 the 16 year old schoolboy again. And you'd done your homework. So tell, tell me tell me about your better homework that actually is no, no, relevant to this, whereas it, mine wasn't. I just couldn't. Here, here are my papers. Um, it, it's not. It, it's, it's not better homework. It's just diff different. Um, well, so, so this is where uh, Karl Barth, uh, who was a German theologian, is quite useful because he basically everything has to be understood in the light of yeah. Jesus. And so, actually, if you want to know how good God is, look to Jesus. If you yes. want to see what God is like, you look it, to Jesus. You look to Jesus. Yeah. But also, if you want to understand suffering. You look to Jesus. Yeah. Um, and one, this is second to second hand, reading somebody writing about Barth, <laughs> an Italian theologian. You mean your German me. isn't that good? <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, was, in, uh, I, was yeah. I was reading a book by a guy called Migliore, and he, he talks about how he, he Barth says that, that, that God does three things. Um, so the fallen, he preserves creation. So mm. Paul says this to the church, in him we move and in him we live and move and have our very being. Yeah. So actually creation, we destroyed it and he hasn't let it be, he hasn't let it get as bad as it should have. He he, yeah. he preserves creation. Yeah. So actually that, that kind of is a bit of a challenge. And um, 
He accompanies us in creation. So that's the, the Christian doctrine. I think we're going to come on to So your homework is very good, and we'll come to that <laughs> later on. But, but God as transcendent, so the God who is um, providential and above yes. all and guiding all, is also imminent. Yeah. And that's the, we've done, that's, thanks to creatio ex nihilo, God can both be transcendent above everything yeah. and imminent with everything. He's nothing halts, stops him, or prevents him from being with us and above us. And so, so Bart writes that God actually accompanies us in our suffering. And, and if you think about it, he's, you know, he's the person, he says to Moses out of the burning bush, I've heard the cry of my people. Mm. And he, and the whole, and then Moses also says, you know, he mm. goes with them mm. um, fr- uh, in Exodus journey. Um, and then God also is, is governed. That's Bart saying God is, is providential. He is guiding creation to its goal, which is restoration in him. Mm. And for Bart, all of this happens in Jesus, um, mm. that actually he preserves in Jesus because actually Jesus takes the mm. consequence for all sin and rebellion. So it's not just your mm. and my list of things that's done wrong. Mm. It's the spiritual stuff. It's the, the fallenness mm. of the whole of the created order. And um, he accompanies us, Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, that actually God loves us so much that he steps into our world and shares our suffering mm. um, and goes to the cross and suffers in our place. Mm. And, and he guides creation to its goal, actually, that actually the, the, Paul will say this in Ephesians chapter 1, the same power that raised Christ from the dead and um, that power is going to bring all things to its fulfillment onto Jesus, restore all mm. things, and is at work in the church and in Christian believers mm. to enable them to live now. So, so, so Bob would say, actually, when you look at suffering, look at the person of Jesus and look at what God has done. And then the word that comes out of that is transformation. So transformation now mm. and then transformation for all of eternity. That was my homework. That's very good. Thank you very much. So, so when we're in a conversation with somebody who's talking about this, we want to hold on. We, we as Christians want to hold on yeah. to the truth that God is good. Um, we're not we're not letting go of that. We want to hold on to the, the the truth that he's loving and that, as you said earlier, he's provident. We want to um, acknowledge that suffering um, has different expressions. And so, what might be behind certain people's questions might be different things. They might be talking about their friend or their relative who's got cancer, or they might be talking about what's in the news. But actually, that suffering is real. Um, but what we would want to believe as as Christians is that actually human rebellion against god um as described in the technical term of the fall um is not just about the consequences that we live out ourselves in the physical realm it is um it has its impact for everything so we're we're living the created order is both an an arena in which god is at work but it is also arena that is in rebellion against him and god is still at work in that, as Bart wants us to know, um, and and all of that is pointing towards the person of Jesus, who he is as the the intervention in human history, and what happens to him on the cross. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So we we want to be taking people in our conversations, ultimately towards the cross as the revelation of of God's nature, that He would be willing to step into this world and suffer so if, if you play this out in a kind of um how how does this you know what, what's an illustration of, of how this works you know we we've all been children we've all made mistakes out of naivety um and we've all needed a rescue at that moment and what we've needed is the parent who steps in and actually steps into our mistake and um, and takes the the consequences of it with us, and enables us to 
um, be restored from that mess. And essentially, that's that's the story in its simplest form that we're offering to people is that actually we we've messed this up. Everyone's messed this up. This whole thing is under is under a force of rebellion um, against God, but God in his goodness and his love steps into it and brings this intervention that brings both a rescue from it eternally, but also um, a presence in it for the duration of its continued rebellion. Yeah. We were going to talk about, um, we were going to then talk about, uh, so so what about <laughs> as Christians? How do we yeah. talk about this? How do we understand it? Um, Sorry, I didn't give my homework then. That was just... No, that was good. You. That was very good. Um, and we're coming on to James' homework. Yeah. Uh, one way into your homework, um, John Calvin, uh, Ooh, who... Yeah, yeah thank you for... I was just going to bring everyone in. Augustine hasn't got a mention Well, yet. actually, <laughs> if you're new to the podcast, Augustine and another guy called Tom Holland are two of our favourite name checks. And yeah. I do have... Um, uh, Augustine, just since you wanted me to talk about Augustine, yeah. <laughs> Augustine writing about the fall of the Roman Empire, he, yeah. he said the Roman Empire is proof that God allows humans to misuse their freedom and that nevertheless God permits us to do that and then uses the messes that we make to accomplish his divine purposes. I wasn't going to share that no, because that's, okay. a, little bit, yeah, that's yeah. a little bit yeah. more to do with human stuff <laughs> and we're talking about general stuff, but you just mentioned him. There is so tell me about John Calvin. John Calvin. Um, yeah. so, um, so I wouldn't... What I'm about to say, I wouldn't kind of like um, just use this as an evangelistic tool with your non-Christian friends. But Calvin says, when it comes to human suffering, it's good to think about Job, and especially Job chapter 38 to 41. And that remember, when it comes to uh, eternal and spiritual matters, Calvin basically says that human beings are A, stupid, B, impotent, to, <laughs> and C, corrupt. <laughs> um, now, that is not a really, like if you're going to try and yeah. tell your friends, invite your friends to come yeah, to yeah. church and tell yeah, them that God yeah, loves yeah, them. Yeah, you're stupid, impotent, and corrupt. <laughs> no, but, you need Jesus. <laughs> but Calvin's starting point there, yeah, yeah. again, is the whole point is yeah. we don't see, the whole point about oh, yeah. he's, he's talking about the end of Job is God is saying, like, yeah. Wherever you went, do yeah. you understand? Yeah, um, and and from and so a nicer way of saying is as human beings, <laughs> our knowledge of God's ways are limited, as opposed to with stupid impotence and corrupt. But um, but actually there are things that we can share about the difference between Christianity and other religions. This is where your homework is brilliant, James. So <laughs> do you want to? As, so I'm trying to find the bit where where he he says it so simply. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so this is Tim Keller, who wrote a, a wonderful book called Walking with God um, Through Pain and Suffering. And we would recommend that to anyone who's wanting to read around this subject. And in, in his introduction, he is looking at the difference between Christianity and other worldviews. And he doesn't name all the worldviews against other religions because I think he's acknowledging that actually some of those worldviews do actually overlap into elements of Christianity, but also into to other faiths. And... and um, what you'll find in a post-Christian multicultural setting is that people will often flip the question from suffering into other religions, and um, and it, it it's almost it becomes like an, a, a conversational version of bash the rat. You know, you, you feel like you're getting somewhere on the suffering conversation, and then all of a sudden you're having to deal with the other religions conversation. And and it might actually be helpful to have an understanding that that Tim Keller brings very simply, which is that. Um, uh, he would say that Christianity um, teaches that contra fatalism, so that's kind of prevalent in in Islam and and elements of Christianity. So contra fatalism, the understanding that you know there's nothing we can do about it. There's forces of evil. Um, suffering is um, is overwhelming. So it, it is actually overwhelming. We can't necessarily overcome it with dignity. Um, uh, contra Buddhism, um, suffering is real. So suffering isn't just this kind of um, illusion that we go through. 
Um, and contra karma, which is the, the um, kind of theological position of Hinduism, um, that suffering is often unfair. So it's not a result of what I have done in this life or in a previous life. Actually, suffering is um, unfair. And, and contra-secularism, secularism, so that, that that's his terminology for the post-Christian culture in which we, we live, um, suffering is meaningful, um, that actually it's not something to be avoided um, uh, like, the, like the plague, um, actually, and then, and then misunderstood. Suffering is meaningful. Um, there is a purpose to it, and if, if faced rightly, it can drive us like a nail deep into the love of God and into more stability and spiritual power than you can imagine. Um, so we want to we hold out um, the grace of God um, for people. And, and we probably want to go to our own stories and the stories of others in their experience of, of suffering as Christians and how they've seen the grace of God at work in their suffering. The primary Christian response throughout the whole of history to suffering, so to personal and individual suffering, is to pursue the person of God. Mm. Um, to pursue his presence and his love and to find mm. transformation there. Um, and there are stories of saint after saint after saint over 2,000 years who, who in their suffering have found God, what you've been talking about. Mm. The other thing is, um, is to pursue alleviating that suffering in the world mm. around us. So, you know, Rodney Stark writing about the triumph of Christianity mm. talks about how one of the things that, like, um, mm. was like a shot in the arm for Christianity in, 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 in the Roman Empire was when the plague came and the Christians mm. stayed in the city. Um, and now they could have been, as you said, fatalistic and deterministic about it, which mm. some Christians are, which is actually this is God's judgment yeah. on, a, on the Roman Empire. But actually they didn't see it like that. They, they understood it as you did, that mm. actually it doesn't make any sense. It's in a fallen world and that we, we show the love of God in this mm. and they stayed in the city. And so actually, and they are the two kind of primary responses that as Christians, when suffering comes, pursue Jesus. Yeah. And when suffering comes around us, and pursue alleviating it with Jesus. Yeah. So, so we would, I think, at a personal level, for every Christian listening to this, we would want to point to Romans 5. That actually when, when you're thinking about suffering for yourself, you're thinking that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not disappoint us. And the, the, the best way to ready yourself for conversations with other people about suffering is to lean into your own journey and to others' journeys into God by acknowledging where suffering is present and to seek his perseverance in your suffering, how his perseverance then transforms your character, your sinful, broken character into being more like him and that then when that character is being changed you're then experiencing the hope of god and then the next verse makes sense because you know that actually the love of god has been shed abroad in, in our hearts by the outpouring of the holy spirit brilliant the bit you see the bit that wasn't my homework but was my own thinking it was i thought like when suffering comes um i was trying to find out you can maybe find me another p but actually we need to pray Mm. Uh, actually with Jesus we need to have patience which mm. is the hardest thing and we can hope mm. I don't know if there's a hope word that begins with P and then the other thing I thought about was um, when suffering comes to your life the Psalms there is mm. a Psalm for every human emotion mm. um, and Jesus so read all bits of scripture but the, the Psalms and Jesus um, and, uh, and pray and ask for his patience um, and ask him to fill you with mm. your hope his hope thanks for listening thanks for listening